I'm Luna van Tolberg for Business News. The Human Rights Commission in South Africa conducted an investigation into the July 2021 riots and concluded it was orchestrated by what they called primary actors, but they found no direct link to former President Jacob Zuma's incarceration. The riots that took place from 8 to 19 July led to the loss of 350 lives and cost the South African economy an estimated 50 billion rand. We have Professor Theo Fenter from the University of Johannesburg. He is a political analyst there in the business studio to delve into what this report means. Hi, Theo, and welcome back to Business. Thank you. Thank you. So the key findings, what are they? It's a, it's a long document, and uh, I think from about pages 8 to 27, you get the executive summary and then the findings. And they have um, they've delved deep into, into the issue, but they, they turned up with some very um, ambivalent kind of um, findings. Um, they make a lot of the incarceration of President Zuma at the same time as the riots, then they go deep into the riots in terms of um, the racial composition. Uh, was it a, 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 a planned event or was it um, something that just happened uh, on the spur of the moment? And then they delved into the responses and the reactions and so on and so on. But in the end, I think the most important um, recommendations made by them uh, we were focused on, on government action, um, a lack of um, intelligence, lack of government response, some advice on what the police should do, some recommendations about what the pr um, private security um, uh, establishment must do and, and things like that. But the, the most ambivalent part of the report, which places this report uh, in, a, in, a, in a difficult kind of spot is the fact that they they describe oh let me let me put it metaphorically if something swims in the water and it looks like a duck and the and the little feet you can see it under the water and and everything points to the fact that it is a duck that in all probability what you are looking at is a duck now <laughs> they they, they went through very much the same kind of model. They saw everything. They saw the little feet in the water. They saw the image. But in the end, they said there's no conclusive evidence uh, in terms of what they worked with to link the unrest with Jacob Zuma going to jail. Um, although they describe the process and they go in detail in, in what happened, but what they couldn't find is, um, I would say, substantive evidence that uh, that links the one to the other. Um, so um, I thought a commission like this would have done better. If you if you work through the report, you'll see that most of the evidence was brought to the commission in terms of interviews, and therefore um, it's almost as if this whole report hangs on two things, lack of government response or intelligence on the one hand and uh, interracial um, community conflict uh, on the other hand. It's almost, um, I got a feeling when I read through it the first time, 
it's almost as if the events surrounding Phoenix. Now, Phoenix is a well-established Indian uh, suburb township in 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 uh, in KwaZulu Natal. It's as if they came in for special treatment, and and that to me is a uh, is a is a pity because um, they talk about those people that were the primary um, movers in this action. Then they spoke about the secondary responsibility um, of the secondary actors. In other words, there were people planning it, and then the secondary ones were the people exploiting what happened. But they haven't, in their report, looked at responses, how communities responded to a perceived threat. And they used the old apartheid phrase of swart gevaar. Yeah. It was a little bit out of kilter for this kind of investing. These primary actors that they mentioned very vaguely, what did you think of the fact that they didn't mention anybody? They hide behind the fact that that is the exclusive mandate of the police, the SAPs, to to investigate and to bring forward people that were planning it. There's no doubt in the commission's report that they think it was a planned event. This is where the ambivalence sits. It's a planned event. They've got no doubt about that because they then give very good reasons. They they're talking about communications that were influenced. Cameras that were switched off, uh, ATMs that were robbed. They mentioned a number of things that looked like a planned event. And then they moved to who did it? Was there a, was there a plan? And, and that there is the, and then in one of their recommendations, they said, but even, even if there's a planned thing that emerged the day Jacob Zuma was incarcerated, the fact that it happened has no link to Jacob Zuma at all. I think they could have dealt deeper into that because I think most people that did the analysis, if you talk to the security guys, if you talk to the police, um, they would all tell you there is no doubt that there is a link. And we know that several people were taken in custody uh, and, and, and they also indicated the major role of the social media, WhatsApp, fake news. And that reminds me of um, the World Economic Forum last week, the week before at Davos, that indicated that fake news this year, especially in 2024, is probably risk number one in terms of global risks um, uh, attached to politics and economics. Now, while we saw how fake news and how the social media did a small little Tunisia in KwaZulu Natal because that was the first time that we picked it up when Blackberries, Blackberries, do you remember Blackberry? Yeah. It was a major, major development that the, the, um, the unrest in Tunisia in 2012 were driven by Blackberries. And, and we, we had a similar thing because every person basically has got a, um, a smartphone. And yeah. smartphones, your communication is actually outside government's um, control. And they spend a lot of time analyzing that. And that is where I think um, this thing points to a failure of, of intelligence, uh, broadly speaking. 
Was the HRC the right body to investigate this? Well, let's see. Um, the um, Human Rights Commission, as well as this commission that that investigated um, uh, the the um, um, incident, is a Chapter Nine institution. Uh, uh, among them are the public protector. That's not her job. Um, there is um, there was a special task team appointed by the president immediately after the incident. They brought their report very quickly, but they're not um, a special um, Chapter 9 institution. Um, I think the Human Rights Commission um, has touched on so many issues, and it seems to me um, that human rights is something that is crucial. It's in our constitution. But there's a lot of money involved to do um, the right thing in terms of human rights. For instance, housing. Housing is regarded as a right, if you read the Constitution, social right in South Africa. But if the government doesn't have money, they can't build houses. Um, money is another problem in terms of the police and their deployment in, in a case like this. Um, one organization that got up very, very lightly was, of course, the Defense Force. Remember, the Defense Force was also deployed, and uh, they did not have vehicles to, to get the soldiers into KwaZulu-Natal. They had to hire buses, normal civilian buses, to travel down to KZN. But I, I haven't seen any, any response to, to them except to say that the Minister of Defense of that time is one of the key officials that has resigned in the meantime, so they're not going there. Um, that has been dealt with. Can we look at prosecutions and arrests? So a lot of people were arrested, but I've, I've tried to Google how many people have actually been prosecuted. I think I found one, Yeah, a security guard. I honestly just found one. That's right, and, and they... They indicated, for instance, that SAPS um, members, especially those in Phoenix, um, didn't do much to to um, to deal with the situation. Therefore, they now um, bring up an old apartheid model. In the days of apartheid, um, they looked at your ethnic um, background, and let's say you're Zulu-speaking, they would place you in a Setswana-speaking police station just to prevent you from going too deep into the society that you're from. They're making the same um, recommendation here that police must be careful not to place people into a community in which they can integrate fully. And, and that is a subtle kind of um, statement that um, policemen were not doing their work, or none were prosecuted. Um, there were several people uh, arrested uh, based on what they said on WhatsApp and what they've done on the internet. Nothing came of that. And um, I personally think that if it was planned um, and they're sure that there was a comprehensive plan about this thing, that it was not a spontaneous combustion. Because here's the problem. If it was a spontaneous combustion following COVID, following a bad economic times, following a lot of other reasons which they provide the context, 
we are currently sitting in exactly the same situation. Um, and spontaneous combustion in politics doesn't happen. It is planned. It is something that someone orchestrates. Somebody must say, okay, the time is right. Uh, there's enough, um, let's use a typical South African example, there's enough dry wood available. And if you now set a fire, um, we're going to have a big story. Um, that is still the, the situation. Um, let's take um, a place like um, uh, the northern parts of Pretoria, uh, Tswane, where we had um, had um, situation with water, the quality of water, and, and uh, that also provided a situation where people could easily move into spontaneous combustion. I do not subscribe to spontaneous combustion in politics. I've never seen that happening anywhere. Even if you go down to the glorious revolution of 1648, or if you go to the French Revolution, or any of the revolutions, even if we go to some recent revolutions in, uh, in Russia and so on and so on, um, they were planned. Somebody was the architect of what happened. And I'm still of the opinion that they are architects. And I think those architects are sitting in the ruling party, if you ask me. They're sitting in the upper echelon of the ANC in KZN. But that becomes very uncomfortable if you want to deal with that. Um, it is almost the, the, the catch-22, the ANC... Uh, confronted itself with with the Zondo Commission. The Zondo Commission indicated that there's a lot of people that's obviously guilty, stole millions, but then there are the second-class guys that got a lot of benefits out of the big, big uh, stealers. But they're still sitting in the party. So, so the spontaneous combustion you're talking about are these primary actors that they mentioned? Everybody knows who they are, but the commission didn't name them, or do people know who they are? Well, I think this is where the limits of the Human Rights Commission um, is. Um, they, like I said in the beginning, they invited people to, 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 to come for interviews and to uh, have hearings. And obviously, those guys would not pitch up for a hearing. Somebody must accuse them. Now, if you accuse them without proper facts, you're in trouble. So there's a there's a there's a catch twenty two here, um, uh, and and that's why um, the intelligence services, um, the national prosecuting agency, and and those kind of things. What we actually need here is an institution that operates like MI5, MI6, or the FBI, that can operate almost uh, despite the political system, that has enough independence to, to, to mention people and to do... The, the Hawks were supposed to do that in their, in their previous incarnation when they were called the Scorpions, but then Jacob Zuma, our dear Jacob Zuma, killed the Scorpions and um, replaced them with the Hawks that is responsible to a minister in the cabinet, that means they can never do the independent work in a case like this, like the Scorpions would have, or the FBI can. 
So how do we take the recommendations forward? So there were some recommendations. And the, the problem now with, with this report is that a lot of South Africans came out, the public came out and said, this is not believable, that there's no link to Zoom, unlike you said as well. And, and um, what happens? Not a lot of people have been prosecuted. And you say we're sitting with the same kind of very tense situation now with coming up to the election. So what can we take forward and what kind of recommendations were there to make sure that this doesn't happen again? Okay, the route um, that the uh, Chapter 9 organizations follow is that this report is actually a report to Parliament. It will be presented to Parliament and, of course, to the Presidency. And then Parliament would give instruction for certain things to happen. And I see one of the recommendations or the requirements or requests, I'm not sure what you call it, is that the President must uh, present to the Human Rights Commission a report, a progress report on what they're doing. Now, this reminds me very much about the International Court of Justice asking Israel to provide them with a, with a progress report in a month's time. You can turn an ox wagon in that kind of um, recommendation. You can say, I did not have time or I did not have capacity or the difficulty was A, B, C and D. It's a very, it's a very meek and mild kind of statement, but that was their approach to these Iowa recommendations. You said as a report in terms of what you've done. Now the president can already um, write a few things in a progress report like that. He can, he can indicate that there's a restructuring of the intelligence services. He can, he can present to them that um, since KwaZulu Natal 2021. The Defence Force is better um, organised. They've actually painted all their vehicles, and they got the vehicles, uh, hundreds of them, uh, sorted out in 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 Bloemfontein, and they send them from time to time on long trips so that people can see they actually have vehicles that are serviceable. And um, the police, I think, is better organised. So I think in a progress report, a lot of things can be said, but on the soft issues, the issues that the Human Rights Commission is really about, and that is racism and um, national cohesion and those kind of things, I think there will be very, very little progress. Can we just turn to one other issue? Zuma now being suspended from the ANC. So what does this mean? Now, what he did, and, and his relationship with the ANC ever since he got pushed out, uh, wasn't a good one. Um, he had court cases with the president. He had these um, special court cases um, in his court case about um, those guys uh, taking him to court. Uh, a court case that now goes, well, for 20 years almost. Uh, and then the big story was in December when he announced that you will now support the Mkontu with Sizwe party. Mm -hmm. Now, the Mkontu with Sizwe party caught the ANC off guard. Fikine Malula denies that in an interview yesterday. But we have learned that Fikile is somebody that goes very liberal with the truth. And you think something, you must really make sure that that's actually what happened. Especially if he tells the sun is coming up, you'll have to go outside and have a look. But you see... The MK party was 
registered with the IEC in September last year, 2023. When that happens, this is the work of political parties, is to watch the environment in which they operate in. What are the new parties? Um, every quarter there's a report on, on, on financial developments. That's the work of a political party to watch those things, the environment they're operating in. I think the ANC missed that one, that MK was registered as a political party outside the ambit of the ANC. And when Zuba then announced um, that he's now supporting the MK party, uh, but he stays a member of the ANC for life. But this time around, he'll support the party um, because he cannot support the ANC of Ramaphosa. If you read the constitution of the ANC, it's clear that Zuma kind of excommunicated himself with that statement, if you want to be technical. And we all thought the ANC would respond very immediate to that kind of accusation, but they didn't. And they allowed this thing to happen and to drag on until the end of January when the NEC decided, um, it seems to be unanimously, that uh, Zuma must be suspended. Not exiled, not excommunicated, not fired, suspended. Um, why that? Because they had two options. They had the option of doing nothing. That means they would have condoned what Zuma is doing. And I think the risk of doing nothing became too big. And then they had to decide, okay, let's let's expel him. If you expel him, the ANC process demands a disciplinary hearing. We now know Zuma is the architect and the high priest of the Stalingrad strategy. He's keeping the cause busy for the last how many years. He'll do the same with the ANC. So the ANC then went for a suspension. Now a suspension um, has got two names in the ANC. The one name is stepping aside, like they did with Eishmagashule, because we all knew that stepping aside is a soft suspension. So you, 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 you step out, you can't do anything with the ANC at that stage. When your hearing is finished or when you declare it clean or whatever, you take your position back. But in political parties, you'll never get your position back. It's, the, it's too competitive an environment. So this suspension uh, is, is immediate, and from it will follow a disciplinary hearing, and from it will follow a final decision. But the ANC has got years to complete this uh, disciplinary hearing. So I think what we've seen is a permanent suspension. And basically using his own tactics against him. Yeah, that was that was um, a story from within the ANC that was very strongly debated among members, and that is um, Zuma has gone uh, one step too far, one bridge too far, so to speak, with this MK party and the support of the MK party. And they are going to... Um, deal with him in several ways. And I think uh, being suspended is one. I think there's other privileges that that he enjoys. I think that will be um, taken away. I don't think 
he will ever be invited to parliament again. He sit with the state of the nation there among the VIP, like all uh, ex-presidents and, and deputy presidents are. There's so there's so several of these soft issues that I think they're slowly going to um, turn down the air supply, the political air supply to Jacob Zuma, and in that way silence him. Because in KZN, he is significant. And I think that was the big challenge. And the other part of the decision that I don't see that it gets a lot of attention was the Provincial Executive Council in KZN was also disbanded. And a provincial task team under the leadership of Zifli Zikilala, the previous premier, that we know is um, at, in, 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 in a good um, situation with Ramaphosa, is now leading the provincial task team. So they also took away the guys that gave Zuma the salient support, the PEC in KwaZulu-Natal, which, in my view, is the guys that must be investigated back to the report that we discussed. So there's a, there's a lot of, of uh, there's almost a neural network of who does what, where. And um, this um, will create a lot of debate from here onwards because KwaZulu-Natal is significant. Why? It has a population of approximately 11 million people. Um, it represents about 20% of ANC membership. Um, they are not represented in the ANC leadership for the second time now, second time in, uh, in, 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 in five, seven, seven, eight years. So although they're important as a group, they're important as a collective, um, their role in the ANC has been, has been absolutely um, uh, on, the, on, the, on the edge of, of what the ANC can do. And if we can add to that issue, um, the IFP is showing growth and the Zulu um, kingship is in trouble. See, there's a lot of uh, legal questions and, and ramifications and the R Zulu royal house is a significant player in KwaZulu politics. So I think KwaZulu-Natal is the province to watch very closely towards the election that I hope will be announced at the SONA next week on the 8th of um, February. Professor Theo Thanker, thank you so much for speaking to us. My pleasure. <laughs> 